I was just listening to a TikTok. Yeah. The TikTok is this woman sharing her voicemails on her work phone. Oh, fun. She's a real estate agent. So this man got her <laughs> real estate card. Oh, God. And left her the most obnoxious message. Basically, like, you should be so lucky that I chose you. I have six or seven women approach me daily, and I'm the one approaching you, which I know that everyone around you was jealous. And it's because you are elegant, and elegance is hard to find. And I recognize that you might not get this because it's the weekend, but I expect to hear from you on Monday or whatever. And blah, blah, blah. And he kept going and going. And then the next message is Wednesday. And he's pissed because he hasn't heard from her. It is 4.30 on Wednesday. And I have not heard. And you might have left early. Some people think that's okay. And I'll grant you that if that's why you're not answering your phone. If I don't hear from you within the next 24 hours, you can just forget my number. Like, I am no longer interested. I am an intelligent man. Oh, are you now? And all I can think of is this is why... I read about fictional men. I want that stated right now. This is why we read an alien romance novel this week. She's just been killing it with the segues lately, guys. Sometimes when they make literally zero Because <laughs> not only were these men fictional, they were not But they real. were also snakes. And I would rather be with some weirdly possessive rapey snake man than... <laughs> Deal with that phone call of that real man. Say rapey snake man while I'm taking a drink. This is very hot tea, (laughs) by the way. Take a drink. Oh, it's past Halloween. Sorry. (laughs) Happy November. Happy November. This is our intro to what we are going to refer to as double stuffed November. This was not a double stuffed book, but our specials will be. So you're welcome. Our specials are going to be double stuffed this month. This week, we dove into the fictional snake world of the naga brides this week (laughs) this week and by this week i mean today today we read viper by naomi lucas because while we give you guys an entire week to read these books we are heathens and decide to read it the day we're supposed to record it oops listen it's been a really rough week for both of us it has been a really rough week viper is a space alien snake hybrid that lives on earth but so this takes place 1500 years in the future think earth but desolate yeah with some tail action I was and it's so, so funny disappointed if there wasn't tail action and there was we already called that so this book the whole premise is a little sketchy it's let's aliens. just put that out there yes I it's aliens it we have to it is snake planet barbarians with less consent. Yeah. Let's get into it. So I will say off the bat with the girl, she gives me vibes of that girl that I hated in Ice Planet Barbarians who got eaten by the bird. So Viper tell me has that. Gemma as its female main character and Ruksha is what I was calling Welcome him. Welcome to another episode of us fucking butchering all these names. We gave it to you with talk of a calling- king. Look at Vruksha. V R U K S H. Vruksha as our main oh, male character. And I'm going to give you some backstory on our world. Our world takes place on Earth. It is at least 1,500 years in the future. Humans had continued to progress and develop until an alien race came down and offered to assist them and develop new technologies with them and things growing all hunky-dory until everyone got a little power crazy. So there was some upheaval and things got heated and then the alien race turned on the humans without the humans realizing and offered them this huge piece of technology they just could not pass up with their greedy little mitts so it was kind of like a trojan horse basically because it ended up being to the human's demise they offered them all this technology and then pieced the fuck out 
while the humans all perished by it. And so then Earth became this desolate land where nothing really could thrive or do anything to. And the only humans that remained were humans that were living in space at this separate space station. And they basically just had to watch their entire race and planet blow up and burn to smithereens. Now, fast forward 1,500 years later, and the Naga race have been living on Earth for as long as they can remember. And humans have now charted a expedition course to Earth to see if they can uncover any of the remaining technology that they can because they are now in a war with this other alien race and they are hoping that some of this alien technology that might still be there can help them with this war. So they set out a course to Earth to explore and see what they could find. And Gemma is one of the people that are on this ship that have come to Earth. They have set up at an old abandoned military base and Gemma's pretty high up in the rankings in their little army squad. She's not the leader, but she's pretty high up ranking. And she has sacrificed a lot and has worked really hard to get to where she is. And as the ship came down and they were kind of gathering there at the military base, we learned that The Nagas are a breed of like snake-like aliens that all have their own clans, I guess, for lack of a better word. And the last remaining viper that we know of is Ruksha. And he is all red, like brilliant. To describe him, I think is like a ruby red. And when he saw Gemma come off the walk plank thing... From the ship, because I know words are great. Woman, fine. Because she has red hair that matches his scales, and he is just like, she matches me, she must belong to me. And that is how this this book book basically... Yeah, that's how this book begins. So we legitimately open our scene with the Nagas, all at basically like a committee meeting, fighting over the females that they have spotted in this encampment and how they're going to acquire them. Which, in case you were curious, they hump them, which is wild to me. It they gives what? me very much... Um, Wait, what did you say? They what them? They hunt them. Oh, hunt them. Yeah, okay, sorry. I you thought you said I hump said? them for a second. I was like, what? <laughs> they do that later. It reminds me... This is going to sound so dark because it reminds me of hunting Adeline when she is oh, out it, of the thing and for the culling and everything where mm-hmm. they just like I don't like know culling them up. shoot the women well, so, shoot so, the women in this because they do want them but they, they still hunt them well still we're wild. getting a little ahead of ourselves oh, sorry I know, so, I know I know I know no that's okay at this meeting we find that there has been a little bit of a unrest we'll call it between the different clans they don't all necessarily get along but they've come together under a guise of truce to work together as a team to acquire these women and for the record (laughs) there are a lot of these dudes and there are three women they've only seen three they don't know if there's any more hidden in there but but they've only seen three and so their solution to that they've come up with this plan together is that They are going to offer the technology to the men of the humans because specifically they said. Gal, she's breaking out the Kindle. (laughs) Because, ho, 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 ho. Specifically, they said, we were stronger, larger than their males, and thought that because of that, they should be ours. So. Just know. This is what happens when men decide that they can rule planets is it descends into chaos like this. We are stronger and better. Therefore, those men should not have females. We should have them. And I was just like, um, excuse me. This is why when women run things, we put the men underground and that's it. 
And so they were discussing how they were going to divvy up these three women. One of them was like, well, we'll let the women choose. And they all shot that down. And they were like, we will not honor their choices. Because anyone over me, I will kill them and take her. So they have decided by all this conversation that the only fair solution is to offer the technology to the humans in exchange for the women. And once they have the women, they're going to set them free in the forest and hunt them. And whoever catches them wins them and they are now there i'm just gonna say this right now listen i am all for some cnc action i am all for some caveman she be mine bullshit in fictional worlds however (laughs) the beginning of this book was a lot Definitely left a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth as you were reading it because of the way you didn't even like know these characters yet. And they were just like, no, she's mine. I don't care. The end. Not to compare, but we do anyways. With Ice Queen and Barbarians, yes, they're very, I want that woman. But (laughs) if the woman doesn't want them, they're not going to murder the but, other one to have the woman. See, and I was okay with that. I was okay with that. I was on board with that. I just thought it was a little excessive and repetitive and... You want to talk repetitive? Like, I got one for you. Oh. Mario's <laughs> favorite word. said 16,000 times. Rodding's back again. Rodding's back. Tell a friend. Don't tell them. Don't tell them So listen, I'm seriously not talking down this whole thing. No, it was a good book. The premise of this book had great potential. I was just saying that even as somebody who genuinely is all for that shit, it just came on a little strong in the beginning. I was still on board. Don't get me wrong. I'm just prefacing that because I know that I'm not always the typical demographic for all this stuff because I can get a little bit like, ooh, violence. Whereas not everyone. Chase after me in a forest. Do it. Right. I can get a little bit like, oh, she's getting kidnapped. Awesome time. Whereas not everyone has that kind of vibe. She loves a good kidnapping vibe and a really good Stockholm syndrome vibe. Right up. Which part of this? I I really do. Stockholm-y. So. Well, because she couldn't. It was like she was being drugged. Okay, we'll get there. (laughs) Like, good lord, she was like drugged the whole time. Anyways, (laughs) on dip. No, the the scent, know, the pheromones. I was just, I was just yeah, that's true. Anyways. With the premise of dick. There you go. Is that better for you? So, with that plan in place, they go to exchange for the women. Now, we meet Gemma. Gemma is not happy. Crystal's not happy either. She is beyond peed that her boss would offer her like a slab of meat for some alien tech i do agree with her on that part i'd also be a little pissed she understands because she's high enough in everything that she understands how important getting this information is and that in war sacrifices need to be made sometimes but that doesn't stop her from being pissed that she's the sacrifice so (laughs) we learn that it's her and Daisy, a low-ranking officer. And then it, the third female is pregnant, or we are told that she's pregnant, by one of the other crew members. And so she cannot go to be traded. And I did appreciate that even the Naga were like, we will not take a woman who is currently with child, yes. basically. Even they had There were the a couple of them that wanted it. True, but a lot of them but had most morals of them. and standards there with that. So. Mm-hmm. The exchange was made and the hunt begins. Daisy and Gemma, the two women, run off together. But Daisy is caught in that instance that Gemma is found alone. She has a moment where she feels like she would rather die than be caught herself. And she raises her blade up to 
have that happen, but the blade flings away because Rookshaw has the right to claim his bride. You're just like, nope, nope. Charles. Yes, he has come and he's here, mind. Except, oh no, there is a flaw in this plan. Because he thinks he has won, and all of a sudden, she is taken from above because another. And not in the fun way, taken from above. Another Naga dude named Azote. an accent to it. Takes her, and he is like a tree hugging snake. So he's comfortable up high in the treetops, and he flings her up and shoots her away and they are going at the speed of life and what she's like again? what are they doing what and it's all and moving all around and trying to break free and he's like you're gonna fall stop doing that then she's doing it more because she's like i'd rather fall bitch he stops with her because she's wriggling around so much and he's like quiet he'll hear you so then she screams because she's like well, i'd rather he, you guys be distracted by each other so i can be free so Ruksha hears and Ruksha comes straight away to rescue his lady. Then they fight and they're fighting and she gets it in her head as they're bickering and fighting about each other that she might be able to play this situation to her advantage. She's smart. She's trying to see how she can manipulate herself out of this. She's, and she thinks that Azot might be a little bit more easy to manipulate and that she could get him to agree to let her back to her area so she could get word to the main ships because she was convinced that if they only knew what was going on that she could get herself out of the situation because there's no way that they would sanction this all to be going on and she's like well let me choose at first Ruksha was like no fucking way you're mine. There's no choice. You get no choice. She'll pick. I'm clearly <laughs> the better choice. Well, she's <laughs> only my mate. And he doesn't realize that, no, she thinks that the other one's more easily to manipulate, so she chooses the other one. He got real fucking offended. So the other one's like, hand her over. He gets like this evil little conniving grin. But Ruksha's like, no fucking way, and he books it with her. He just steals her and takes off. Like, There's your kidnapping. <laughs> I know. And he fucking books it. And she is not doing well. They're going so fast. <laughs> but his scent lulls her because she's so exhausted by this whole trip and everything. His scent lulls her into exhaustive sleep. And he can't get to his den in one travel with her. So he stops for the night in this abandoned parking lot that has these cars. And when she wakes up, they have this whole hash out where he's like, well, I'm going to fuck you. We are mates. And she's like, humans don't have mates. I don't choose you. I don't choose which is, that. Which is, yeah. <laughs> he's like, fine, I'm going to show you what you do to me and this so man. that you can see how I feel about you. And, and he whips out his dick. <laughs> He went and out. meanwhile, it's like sheathed in. We were questioning where the penis was mm-hmm. when we were looking at the pictures, which I so I had a feeling because if you remember back when we read the Milking Farm book, yes, do you remember the Mothman? That's how his came out. So I had a feeling it was going to be similar it was to that just kind interesting. of vibe. We learn that when the Naga race encountered that desire to mate, their scent changes to attract a mate. And it's ridiculous. It's like drugging her because it's basically sucking her. It's like a succubus. It's like a siren song to her. It's, It's messed up. Anywho, he whips out his manhood and shows her how engorged he is and how like happy he is to see her. And how hard she makes him. Rational thing to do, (laughs) which, on the strangest level, she's impressed by it. She's like, men don't do that. She's like, why do men not do that? Because why do men not do that? Do you want to know why men don't do that? (laughs) Man just walked up to you and whips out and goes, "Look what you do to me!" You call the police. That's why (laughs) it's very illegal. And B, penises are not attractive. (laughs) 
We've been over this before. You I don't know, but I need to reiterate it. But you're not the only person here. <laughs> yeah, but okay. Other people me? don't. What if they whip it out and it is the size of a chapstick? Are you going to be like, oh, yes, baby. Take I've me. had that happen to me before. So he proceeds to start jerking himself off in front of her so she can watch him please himself so that she can see how she makes him feel. And she is mesmerized by this. Can't even She's mesmerized by this. She's dickmatized. She's she is dickmatized by this. Yes. Fuck that's yeah. my new favorite word. Thank you. Thank she is dickmatized by this performance. And it's something. And it stays in her brain for a while too. Because like all yeah. you can think of is wow, that dick though. Yeah, and she has trouble sleeping because she all she can think because of. All she can think of is, the is dick. that dick though. Because that scent is drugging her right up. He is not afraid to use his tail like a third arm, as she calls it. Uh, because he, like, maneuvers her around with it. I was going to say it. third he, leg, like, but the boy doesn't have a leg. Right. Well, he, but she's uses, like, a third arm, a third leg, whichever he needs at the moment. But I sat there and I looked at that quote and I was like, I didn't think he, he had legs. After the evening, where nobody gets some rest because everyone's stigmatized, they end up being able to travel the next day to Rucha's home, which is an old airport. And it is a bunker under the ground. And it was so funny because, yes, this takes place way in the future. And he's talking about how there used to be planes here. And she goes, you mean airships? He goes, no. mean ships. Yeah, she calls them ships. Planes. Not all of them did it. And I was a little, I wish there was more. (laughs) I was a little annoyed at some parts because I'm like, oh, all right. I was I was sitting here. I'm so glad I'm not listening to this on audio because I is this would take forever for every sentence. Do you want to know what this is in perfect preparation for? (laughs) I'm so sorry for this. Reputation. Taylor's version of reputation. Because her whole thing around reputation was snakes. This is a preparation for that deal without snakes. It's really stretching it, but there you go. That's stretching. Chris Crystal knows how to stretch. Okay. Anywho, you know, she's not myself and don't have something else stretching me in preparation. We'll get there. Gemma is not a fan of Ruksha's home and she is claustrophobic. Therefore, she does not like his bunker and she's not super duper happy. So he shows her his orb that he has. That it's this little robot. Like an actual he... orb, not his balls. Yeah, he already showed her those. <laughs> and he has it show the threats that are in the area so that she sees, dude, you want to be in here. It's not good out there. Yeah, so a lot of Gemma and part of the issue that I had, even just leading up to pretty much every part of her personality, was how I understand that she does communications. I understand that she's high up and she's smart. But she does not know everything. And when shit pops up, she goes, that's no. And I don't know. I didn't like her attitude. <laughs> and how she just. Problem she kinda, with her necessarily. She just, but... she just came across as like a know-it-all, even though she really didn't know everything. And it really bugged me a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I had <laughs> much to of an opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I had too much of an opinion either way on her. In this uh, one, just, just her just, know-it-allness that really bothered yeah. me. And he even calls her out on it at one point. And he goes, you say you know things, but you don't know everything. Don't <clears> I had other problems, Earth. but that was like, you know, I mean, not that was a big on one my for priority me list. It, it was just because he lives on this planet. He knows all of these things. So questioning the things he's saying as if you know this when you literally um. don't live here. I'm like, bitch, shut the fuck up. And I did like that. He did call her out on it at one point. And I was like, good for you. Fuck her. Well, he also doesn't think she should have any opinions or. He has his own problems. He's got his own other list of red flags in. Um, As much as red is my favorite color. um... Mine is morally gray. I know it is. So she sees that he has all this technology in his little bunker. And. That prompts her to ask if he has any of the tech that they are looking for, her crew that they originally came for. And he says, yes. And she says, can I see it? And he's like, well, only if I can see you. And they- He literally bargains technology to see her naked body. 
Well, okay. He actually kind of just really wanted to bang her. But like, well, not only that, that but he was worried that she kept hiding herself because she was injured. Okay. So he was concerned, but boobies. It was a twofer. He There's, wanted to see her you know naked. And... You get a twofer. <laughs> which is I was waiting weird. for the tail to get in on there and do some double stuff, but that did not happen. So no, sorry. But he did utilize the tail, which was great. So they have the exchange. And because they're both naked, does he even wear clothes? I'm pretty sure. No, he okay. thinks clothes are stupid. I mean, he's a snake, right? And he thinks the fact that she wears clothes He'd is be stupid. in a sock, I think. <laughs> sure. Anyways, because they're both naked, the scent that is coming off of his body is just irresistible, and he takes quite advantage of that. And his tail just starts going to town groping her basically and then he goes a little downtown and then he starts stretching trying to prepare he's preparing because he knows that they are different species as she keeps putting out into the universe repeatedly and he goes to fully complete his happy days and she's like hold up wait a minute need a little bath first because she says i haven't bathed in three days so he says, fine, we'll bring you for a bath. And she says, right now? Yes, right now. So he takes her to the creek, bathes her. Now they're wet and naked with all this scent. And nobody can wait any longer. And they go down to Pound Town. The consent is a little weird in this book. <laughs> it's really weird. So they are sated and happy and they both kind of drift off, standing up, still <laughs> joined in the creek. I don't understand the mechanics of it either. But that's okay. Listen, it's <clears throat> fine. This is an alien book. It's fine. And I don't know if this is the time for my rant or okay. if it should take place later. Because I love a good rant. every single goddamn smutty scene in this book was in the male POV. Every single one. And they had great potential, but it was lost when I was fucking irritated that every single scene, the first one started out that it was going to be in hers until she was like, nope, stop. And then every single actual scene where they actually did anything was in the male POV every single fucking time. You tell me what percentage of clientele are men reading this goddamn book. I want statistics. I I want statistics. And I want to pose a question to authors in general. Is it easier to take themselves out of it and just... To write it in the male point of view for some reason? It must be. We've noticed it a lot with a lot of books that there are a lot where either the first time is in the male POV and then it will switch over to the female POV or we'll have books where it's solely in the male POV as is the case with this book. So is it easier? I don't often find that, that it's solely. That's why I'm so irritated no, with I, this one. I know. There are some out there. Well, I'm just saying in general. Yeah. So is it easier to write in the male POV when writing a book or... Is it just coincidence that ends up happening? I'm actually, I'm very curious. Um, That's a good question. Like how, if, because we've seen it so many times that a lot of first scenes or a good majority of scenes end up being in male POV. And like you said, maybe it's because they need to take themselves out. I don't know. I would think as a a woman that it would be easier to write it in a woman's point of view, but also at the same time, I'm not a writer. I don't know. So I don't know. As a reader, I want the female point of view most of the time. Like I put myself into books. So having it in the female POV is nice. I get super frustrated, especially when we have scenes that have really good like potential and they could be really good scenes. And then it's just the male point of view. And I'm sitting here. It's like putting on a porno where the cam is in the male body. You know what I mean? That's what it's like. I don't care how good the scene is. It's stupid. I know we have authors that follow us and have watched our videos and stuff. So I'm just curious. I'm not trying to 
literally bash anybody. Just, no, no, just curious. Yeah. Like, we're just curious. Is there a reason for right, especially that since, choice? like we said, these are good scenes. Right. But we're like, they could be we, better if. Right. Because if we understand it, then maybe we can understand it a little bit better than and go into it, it every single on, time. Right. And go into it knowing the reasoning behind mm-hmm. the specific choices when it comes to writing smutty scenes. Yeah. So, I mean, no, it's good. So they're in their sexed up stupor in the creek and there's somebody in the woods and Gemma sees somebody and she's like, wait the fuck up, dude, which kind of irked me for a minute because isn't he supposed to be this, yeah. you know, Hearing she's the, the one who, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, so. a but dude's got to sleep, he just fucked the shit out of her. And, and, and not only with... that, but he hasn't really been sleeping for days. No, and, and he, you know, filled her with his spill. So there's that. Lots and lots, and it never stopped coming. And it never stopped. Literally, it never stopped coming. coming. Literally, so in the woods was a death adder, which is another type of snake of the Nagas. And the death adder does not believe that anyone should be taking women of any kind. He does not think that anyone should have mates of any kind because Naga women. Once they impregnate and have their litter, they die in childbirth. It just happens every time. So they have died out. And many of them believe that they should not be taking mates because of this. And that it's just cruel. The death adder is one of them. So he is angry seeing a woman with Ruksha and he thinks oh you're putting somebody at risk just because you want to get your dick wet type of deal and so they fight and you know what he's the only True one facts. who makes the most sense out of everybody on this Dude. planet take me I'll go with you instead I understand you <laughs> right? have some stars going on and he's the, I was gonna say he's the angriest motherfucker but honestly right like I Pretty know sure that you've got like I know also. you've got one eye <laughs> And I understand the anger and the scars and whatever, but I wouldn't. He's also that. the baddest motherfucker that they That's have. Okay, I bet you he wouldn't hunt me down and give me no choice. I would have to hunt him down. He has a book. I'm curious. He does. Oh, cool. Sounds great. Yeah, no, I like him. I'm curious. So they not fight it ha- out. Not us having it for like the supposed villain of this book. What does that mean about us? What does that say about us, Ariel? We we are jaded. We're bit, we're so fucked. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> so in this fight, Ruksha's trying to save Gemma and protect her in his own eyes because he just sees the Death Adder as this just basically force of death. And he gets taken down by the Death Adder, whose name is Zalex. And not to be confused with Alex. That's what I'm calling him, Zalex, Zalex. I legitimately, I'm just being a brat. Ruksha yells to Gemma to run. So she fucking runs. And she runs and runs until she finds herself to a familiar setting. And it's the abandoned car where they stayed that night. So she stays there. Basically, after all the adrenaline has worn off, like in pain because her feet are bleeding after running through all that and she's torn up everywhere and she's just sitting there kind of nursing her wounds so in the morning when she wakes up she cannot walk her bloody feet are battered and not great ruksha has not come for her she's worried that he's dead and she doesn't know which direction to go in but she does the best she can she crawls until she finds a lake because she needs food and water and she gets a fish there to eat and some water and crawls back to the abandoned car and finds an orb floating by and she knows about them because you know Brooke showed her (laughs) yeah and she gets frustrated at first because the orb is dead but we know because Brooke told us that they just need to be charged by sunlight but she doesn't know that she thinks it's just dead technology so she gets frustrated and in all her bed. wisdom she does not know everything guys <laughs> but she passes out and goes to bed because she spent the whole day crawling to the lake and crawling back so then we find out where Vruksh has been this whole time he's alive spoiler Yay! alert 
Yay! He has been being held captive by the Death Adder. He wants information. He wants to know how he came by a female. He didn't just outright kill him because he wants to know stuff. Because he didn't outright kill him, it gave Ruksha, once he comes to, the opportunity to get loose and fight him and spray venom at his eyes and take him out of commission. And what we think of as him killing the Death Adder. Yep. Then so he sets about to track Gemma through the woods. And then he sees drones fly by. And he's yeah. like, somebody's got to activate those. It must be her. I'm hoofing it. He's super injured, by the way. So Gemma woke up with her orb working. But she also has a problem because there's lots of pigs, which she did not believe Ruksha when he said that they were threats. Because she's like, they're just pigs. But here on this planet, they are threats. They will eat you. Yeah, they will. Right in the And place. so she's finding that out. She is basically backed into this corner by this cliff with all these pigs and she's climbed up and they're smart pigs like they're stacking on top of each other to try to get her it's like angry birds with the pigs they're stacked on top of each other <laughs> there's some weird descriptive thing going on i don't even know but so she has this orb now that's working and she asks it she's like can you help me i need help and Tell it says to go. sending help i know which cool beans I want one of these and then all of a sudden all these drones come in and there's boop, gunfire sorry <laughs> and all the gunfire takes out all the pigs miraculously all the pigs man right behind the drones and the gunfire is <laughs> and he takes her off the, the ledge she passes out on the way home and he has her now. They're safe. He's had her from the very beginning. Or so he thought. So he thinks, just eternally. It's that one track mind, man. So he has her home. Listen. He's tending. He is Ken. His job is snake. To her wounds. Tending to her wounds. <laughs> tending to her wounds. He's sad. He's a sad boy. Because she's hurt. She shouldn't have gotten hurt shouldn't have brought her out he's just feeling really sad and very self-loathing moment and and he keeps tending her and he's yeah he's sad and she has a conversation with him try to explain to him i would have chosen you had i known that it would have been like this which is not the right thing to say and explaining why it wasn't a slight against him her choice because he's really been taking that to heart this whole time that she didn't yeah, choose him. Yeah, but now him. she just made it worse though. Yeah. <laughs> so then he takes her again in his point of view because, you know. So <laughs> when she's feeling up to walking again, after they've had quite a few conversations about the different things, and once again, Crystal is irritated because she is questioning his knowledge of everything. And he's he explained to her on the planet. Well, he, no he's explaining question. to her that he sees it on the screens and she's kind of like, what are you talking about? So he takes her to the screens mm -hmm. and he takes her in these underground tunnels to this old security room that has all these security feeds from around the whole area that they're in. And he can even rewind like way back when and everything. And he shows her like the last moments before the humans were destroyed the first time and everything. And it's a lot of devastating stuff to see. Yeah. And she explains to him why the humans need that alien tech so much because she doesn't want that to happen again. And he's basically like, no, nothing's going to harm you. Nothing's going to harm us. You are not leaving me. Because she's basically like, I'm sorry. I know that you're sad right now, but I do have to leave kind of thing. She can't handle any more of the devastation on the screen. And she asks him to shut that off. And it goes back to the now screen, which shows like what's going on now. And she sees the familiar skiff that 
they use on the screen hovering funny and she's like it's not going to make it it's not going to make it at the trajectory it's going and the course to get through the atmosphere like it's trying to go and everything and she sees in the ship the blonde hair and she's like it's daisy oh my god it's daisy and she freaks out like we have to save daisy we have to do this now like you need to do this for your mate she pulls the he was mate so card. excited because she's never for about him. five seconds. I yes, listen, let him have the five seconds. So and then because she right, so excited mate. because she called the, her mate for five seconds, and then it was like, oh, she just manipulated me, and then once yeah. again needed to leave me and my nest to go find someone oh, else this, because someone else is more important. This poor man <clears throat> had some self esteem issues. Yeah. Well, everyone in his life abandoned him. I'm aware. I'm not saying that he doesn't have a reason to have them. I'm just saying. I know. We learned that his whole family basically abandoned him, which is a huge plot hole. And I just am not. I know more. What the fuck happened? Yeah. So they pack up, get ready to go. They use the orb to ask what predators in the area so they know what they're going to encounter on their way. And they learn that Zalex, the Death Adder. Guess who's not dead? Right, which is an odd, can't kill random me, bitch. piece, and he and Bruska kind of like shrugs. He's like, "Yeah, that happens all the time." Okay, okay, cool, I guess. And they're on their way to go try to find Daisy, and he has his little temper tantrum about you never choose me, and it's sad. It actually is sad. I shouldn't say temper tantrum because it is sad. Like his whole family has abandoned him. He's the only one left. It's sad. His sisters were sent somewhere and we don't know anything. And his dad just disappeared and we don't know anything. And there was all this lead up about all that. And then just nothing ever, which was a major weird plot hole. And yes, if it was to be contained holes, in this one book. Ignore some of them. So <laughs> this book is for Sundays because it is a little holy. We're going to hell for that. We could add uh, it to the we list. We were already. <laughs> we'll add it to the list of the reasons we're going to hell. It's That's pretty low on the well, pretty low <laughs> on the list, Crystal. <laughs> Anyways, so <clears throat> they're on their way to go to the area to go find Daisy, and they hear someone screaming Daisy's name, looking for her, and it is Zaku, the Kinkora type of Naga, and then they see Azot spring through the trees and he's looking for Zaku and he has found Daisy. She's burned, but she's asking for Zaku and they're like, well, we need to go do then this other snake dude, Krelly or something like that randomly shows up and he's all, Ooh, woman. And Rook's just like, my woman, but she fucking steps out in front of him. And is like, you can't have me. I'm his. And he's all, my woman. And then, as quick as the dude came out, he just slithers away. So I'm absolutely not sure what that scene had to do with anything other than to just pimp up Ruksha's spirit for half a minute. I honestly think that's what it was for. Then they find Daisy, who is freaking burnt marshmallow. Not doing so hot. Or she is doing so hot. It's not good. This reference, so never mind. Uh I'm not going to say it. It's like Anakin from Star Wars when he gets burnt to a crisp and then becomes Darth Vader because Obi-Wan's standing over him like, I have the high ground and Anakin's next to lava and he's getting all burned-y. <laughs> so they try to <laughs> aid Daisy as much as they can and they're like, we need to cool her off, blah, blah. She needs a pod. Does it, we need to get her to a pod. Like a medical pod, yeah. Right. And Zaku's like, I have a pod. So they whisk her off to Zaku's den. And she's making a good recovery in the pod and doing great. She finally wakes up a little bit to have a conversation with Gemma. And Gemma finds out that Daisy's, the whole skiff was shot down. The Dreadnought, which is their main mothership up in space, the one that Gemma was like, I want to contact them and let them know what's going on because they can't know what's going on down here. They can't sanction this. They fucking shot down Daisy's ship and they knew what was going on this whole time so also another plot hole why was Daisy on this skiff what was going on so then Gemma and Ruksha head back to their den 
but it's going to take them a little while because they're pretty far away. So they have to camp in an abandoned building for the night. And they finally have some alone time together. And she says the stupidest thing where she goes, I didn't know this until two days ago. Apparently all the Naga males have a knot on their cocks, one that expands and fills continuously until they spill their contents. I'm fucking sorry. Repeatedly. (laughs) You didn't know this yet in the first fucking scene before he even fucked you. You explicitly went into detail about the fucking knot on his fucking dick. And that's why, partially why you were afraid to fuck him. But you didn't know about this until the end of the book. Even though you fucked him several times, even though you spelled it out to us on page, that you knew about it. So then, after they spend the night, then they go and they stop at a cave. And she's like, what's this? And it's him showcasing all the alien tech that he knows about to her because he's like no secrets we're a team now blah blah great then the book fucking ends that's just it there's no more story that's just fucking it i'm sorry it's just abrupt fucking ending but hold up there was an epilogue in that epilogue is two weeks later not way later where we could find out if actually impregnating her would kill her no why would we want to know that since that was what half the story was fucking about why would we want to know that no this epilogue is just about the third chick shelby who was supposed to be pregnant is trapped under the fucking base with quote him and they found something huge yeah she probably did find something huge they heard it on the radio transmission that's just that's this whole epilogue so we got none of our answers we got nothing it's just stopped dude i was okay this book ariel is really angry right now okay this book had great premise the story had a great story concept even the smutty scenes had great potential but you put them all in the male point of view and then you gave us all these story ideas And you brought us along for this ride and then, I don't know, just stopped telling the story instead of a to be continued or anything or let us know you had to continue the story in the next book or anything. No, it was that this is a standalone and then just, oh, story's over. Didn't finish the story arc in any way. I didn't feel like we got an end. Am I wrong? Did I read it? Funky? No, I also agree. I think it's more so just trying to lead into more books so you continue the series. So... And I, I get totally it. get that. And again, I don't like comparing books, but I'm going to. Whereas, as plot holy and other shit that Ice Planet Barbarians can have, the problem is, is we read those first before we read any of these. And they have a good standard, but they do end not abruptly. So they do have that background story going. Right. And you understand that, but they each have their own singular exactly. story in their standalone exactly. book. Exactly. And then, yeah. I didn't I, feel like that this one did. No, and that's what I was trying to get yeah. at. And I agree that I wish that there was more resolution for things and understanding things. And I understand wanting to move on to other stories and other books and kind of integrate all of them. But you can integrate a world into separate books without leaving bread come breadcrumbs i said breadcrumbs i know there's a lot of cum in this book i was so trying to go past it but i knew you were gonna catch it i saw your (laughs) face and instead of resolving a lot of the main story to not resolve it and have it potentially continue in the next book but potentially also not so we don't know what the next book has if it'll fix some of whatever we missed or whatever was not in this book but you know, I would read it. I would continue reading the series because I want to know more about these snake people, mostly because I want to know the King Cobra whole situation with Daisy. I want to know all of that. That shit mm-hmm. is, but I also want to read the fourth book. Or the- nah. So, you know, it's just, I do want to read it and I do want to continue reading it. Obviously, this yeah, is- please don't. Yeah, it's not a bad book. No, it's no, not. No, 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 it's good. It's just you. I just get frustrated when I'm excited to read it because it has all of those good things a lot of and then marks. it falls a little flat yeah when you're looking for that that's all it who is your favorite character ruksha no oh, oh the viper dude the what's Not it the called the, the death, the death adder. adder you know what 
since this was kind of a yeah yeah the death adder yep he was probably the villain and we're choosing him thank you okay who was your least favorite I know who your least favorite was. Hold on. Let me, you can talk about your least favorite while I try to figure um, out who mine my is. My least favorite was Gemma. And I understand that it's a me thing. It's a <clears throat> me thing. And I just didn't like her personality. I just, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't really even a huge fan of the main two characters. And I think it's just because, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, Gemma, though. Gemma, I just didn't like her. I don't have his name written down. I think it was Pete. I think it was Pete. I want to say oh, he's my Pete, least favorite cat. character because yeah. he traded the women for alien tech that actually ended up being spare parts. What did Amazon rate this book? Amazon rates this a 4.2 and Goodreads is a 3.6. What did you rate it? So I ended up giving it three stars. I kind of went back and forth between 3.5 and 3 for a little while, but I ended up giving it three stars because to me, I felt like the story just abruptly ended and I didn't have proper resolution mm-hmm. on many points of the story. I also, it's going to sound weird, but the story also felt rushed. Yeah. Um, it just, if the pacing was really just hurried. Um, no, I agree that I feel like it felt really rushed. And which is gonna be an asshole, but the smutty scenes were all in the male point of view, and I just hated that. And I just, for me, that just made me really mad. I'm sorry, but you're fine. So I actually also gave it a three. So I also had issues with some of the plot holiness of some stuff where we just we didn't get a whole ton of information that I wish we had. Like, they hinted towards some elaborate on some things. Yeah. That I wish they elaborated on. I wish that the tail was used more. So, I, <laughs> I feel like they used the tail a lot. I, I know, think but Crystal's they didn't just do what greedy. I, <laughs> Arielle, have you been greedy in the past with other sex scenes? Oh, absolutely. Like, and you've openly absolutely. admitted to it. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I didn't really jive with the female main character. And honestly, it's a me thing. It has enough. If you like her, that's fine for me. I just didn't like I don't feel like I, and I just, cared I, either way. Because I, I don't that, think I got enough. And I think that's what it is. I just didn't care about her. And then the male POV thing. It didn't really bother me as much as it bothers you. Um, But that didn't knock it down for me. It was just honestly. And I hate comparing because we've read now multiple books that have the similar vibe of Iceland but I'm saying like I understand and Crystal always brings it back to Iceland listen well we read Captive of the Horde King which was yet just- I'm still waiting for her to catch up with Iceland Barbarians so I know, that I can continue behind. on it's okay so she needs to stop bringing up Iceland Barbarians until she catches up because the rest of us are waiting for her okay um <laughs> so we had Captive of the Horde King which we dubbed Desert Planet Barbarians we still compared it in the same thing because they feel similar. And again, with this one, it kind of yeah. still feels similar. And I, mean, I I'm really sure liked that one. It was really good. But so, yeah. you know, there's where I don't like I, comparing. But when but I read, liked the tail usage in this one better. Oh, yeah. No, I just I wish there was just more story. And I understand mm. this is what a 300 page book. And I get it. It just. But a story is a story. I read a book over the summer with with angie i buddy read a book it was a little series and me. each i'm just kidding <laughs> you weren't interested i know i was just giving you shit ariel cheated on me it was a little trilogy and each book was like 40 to 50 pages each it, there were little novellas of a trilogy and seriously book one of this trilogy this like 50 page book felt like it gave you everything you were looking for like in 50 pages and I've read quite a few novellas like that that if you can make me feel like I'm reading a whole book in a novella that is skill so when you have an entire book and you can't make me feel like I'm reading an entire book that's when I get frustrated because other people can sit here and do that in a novella Mm -hmm. so it can be done it can be done and I've read you know, a few novellas are not the most common books. I know this from talking to an author that I read her novella and I loved it. I thought it was a fucking great novella. I read it for September. It's on my September list. But if 
written correctly, a novella can feel like a full book. Right. And I don't mean to keep talking about novellas, but we're saying this book that is slightly under 300 pages. So it is slightly on the shorter side, but I'm saying you had a whole book length to give us this information. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to cut something here or there. Yeah. It was still good. Like it was good. So I feel like I sound like I'm complaining. It was good. I loved the premise of it. I loved the whole concept and the art for it. Top notch. Yes. Oh my. Had me right from the get go wanting to read this book. And again, most of the scenes are great. I just wish I had more, I guess, which is saying something that the ideas were there and were great. What about your cucumber rating? Probably like a five or a six. So I, I feel know. like we only had, hand, I don't know. There was well, we whole... only had a, like three full scenes and they were all in the male point of view. <laughs> so we didn't know, have I that variety. Because of that. Well, we didn't have that kind of variety. So lack of variety counts for things, but we did have variety in, he has a tail. He used his tail. He used his fangs. I like he utilized what he had, which was right. really so nice. I'm going to give it. We don't a get five. that in a lot of yeah. We don't get that in a lot of books where we get teased about it, but then we don't actually get mm-hmm. the thing. So yeah, I was going with. I'll probably go with a five and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go with a five. We had some variety, but when we had some stuff that didn't have variety, and we only had three. I want to say three actual scenes. Yeah, and honestly, if they had at least thrown one scene in there with a female point of view, I probably would have. Oh. Yeah, because that gave that variety. Let me see what that tongue can do. Right? Right? Good Lord. You know what it is? I'm excited to see. We got spoiled with the forked tongue and ghost. Yeah. I'm excited to see what we're reading next week. Yeah. I had a moment for a minute where I was like, this is a special. We don't see what we do. Uh, I just, I saw that whole thought process (laughs) happen across your face in real time. Oh God. So it's Wheel of Fate time where Crystal sometimes gets her shit together and remembers that this is not a special week and we actually have to spin a wheel for a brand new book. And Ariel just gets uh, to see the whole range of emotions on my face. And you just get to hear about it because this is not a visual medium, folks. Sometimes. Um, Follow us on social media. <laughs> speaking of social media, what's open, Ariel? Facebook. Facebook group is open. Join us. It's Join us to tree. chat. Yeah, Join us to chat about books, things. about episodes, anything. Yeah. So join it. All right. So Wheel of Fate. Let's go. Oh boy. All right. Sucka. This week, we are going to be reading Sick Boys by Clarissa Wilde. I didn't believe them when they said they would corrupt me. I was wrong. So wrong. The night my sister died, a piece of me died with her. So I made a vow. I'm going to enroll at Spine Ridge University, just like her, find the person responsible, and make them pay. Until I meet three sick boys of the Skull and Serpent Society, Felix, Dylan, Alistair. Rude, heartless, vicious guys who are obsessed with making me regret I ever stepped foot on campus. They make me a deal. My body in exchange for a glimpse at their violence. Refusing them is impossible. Denying them is insane. They're rough, greedy, and every second with them is filled with depravity. Their venom is jabbed straight into my heart and I'm sucked into their world all for the sake of revenge until it becomes something more something priceless something all four of us would kill for sick boys is a thrilling new dark bully reverse harem romance standalone by new york times and usa today best-selling author clarissa wilde warning this book includes scenes that may be disturbing to some readers please check the list inside the book so funny story this actually was not a me pick. This was a you pick. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure this was me. Yep, it was you because I don't do bully romance. I know, but we are next week. We are next week. It's a chonky it's a boy. Chonky it's over book, 500 so pages. Yeah, yeah, it's bigger than the past few books we've been reading because we've been reading some books in the 300s. So this is a bigger book than we're used to reading lately. All right. Join us next week for Sick Boys by Clarissa Wilde. And yeah, we'll see how we both handle bully romance because it's not really up our alley too much. Um, You'll have to let too- us know if it's up your alley. 
Yes. With that, also, join the Facebook group. Continue following us on TikTok and Instagram and subscribing <laughs> to other things. Um, YouTube, there's no actual videos there. It's just more audio, guys. Just a different medium of ways. It's just a medium, yeah. We, I mean, it was brought to my attention by a couple people that they needed other ways to listen. So YouTube is a very popular one. So all the audio is on there too. Yay, all the things. All right, we will see you next week. Make sure to keep reading. And keep it slutty.